This episode is brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge, and we're inviting you to take it with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. Head to shop1in5.com to take the pledge. Make that commitment to shop one in five of your purchases towards a small business. We also invite you to shop the directory if you don't know where to find other small businesses. It's right there on the page. And we're asking for you to share the pledge. Imagine if each of us told three to four people about the Shop 1 in 5 pledge. It would be an incredible and life-changing for so many small businesses. Tell your friends, your family, and your social network. It costs nothing extra and makes a world of difference. Our purchases have the ability to change lives. Okay, let's jump in. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the Product Boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my awesome co-host, Mina Kunlositep. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. All right, friends, today is a good one. We are going to talk about our number one tip for you right now. And our number one tip is be known for something. You're like, wait, what does that mean? Be known for something. But being known for something means that people know how to refer you. They know what they can buy from you. They know they know what your business stands for. And we're going to break that down for you today. Yeah, it seems simple, right? Be known for something. But I bet you that even your friends and family are kind of unsure of exactly how they would refer you unless you have told them over and over or you made it crystal clear for them. So that's really what this is all about is being known for something and how simple but powerful that can be. Right. Okay. So when we talk about being known for something, a lot of times you'll hear us talk about your bestseller. Are you known for your bestseller? Are you leaning into what you know sells? I know some of you have been in business for years and you know what people buy from you year over year, season over season, month over month. Some of you are new to this and you're thinking, well, I've just started a few months ago or I'm just starting and I don't have any data on that. Right. So if you don't know your bestseller, we have our bestseller secrets challenge. It is amazing and awesome. And it really helps you identify your bestseller, no matter how long you've been in business. Um, And if you're interested in that, you could head to the show links to get signed up. Now, what we're going to talk about here is some of you that apprehension of leaning into something, right? To be known for something. And perhaps maybe why you might be fearful of of getting really, we say go deep and not wide. So by being niched down in your product categories and what you sell versus having all the things for all the people. Right. The bestseller's biggest challenge, make sure you sign up because I wanted to kind of, you know, everybody kind of knows what their bestseller is if they do, but there's a testimonial. I was looking at all the people that had gone through last bestseller secrets challenge and somebody has said, and I'm reading this right now, 
It really helped me to understand why and how to leverage my bestsellers. I didn't know how to do that with this info previously, right? So while we all know kind of what our bestsellers are, what do you do with that, right? What do you do with being known for something? And that's what we're kind of going to go into a little bit today is, you know, there's lots of times where we say lean into your bestsellers and people are like, I get that, but really how, you know, and it kind of starts with the fears, right, Jacqueline, like we get a little bit of pushback of the fears of, oh, I don't quite understand this because one, they say, but can I build a business around my bestseller? Can I build my business around one to two products? And that is kind of the initial reaction that we get when we hear people try to lean into their bestseller. Yeah. And another fear might be that, you know, and I've heard this all the time. It's like, well, I I need to have more for everyone, right? We talk about spaghetti at the wall. So it's like, if I only had, you know, there's, let's give an example, like I'm a candle company and I only have candles in this size jar and, but I want to do room sprays and um, the, mm-hmm. the stick diffusers. Somebody and, asked me about a room spray. <laughs> yeah. Do you have the scent in a room spray? And then all of a sudden you're doing it. So, so the idea there is that every, you, you're like, well, somebody asked me, I think I should have this. So maybe they're not buying this because of this reason. So I'm going to make other things for them to buy from. Right. So when you feel like you need to have everything for everyone, ultimately you're selling to no one. And then the other fear we've heard a lot about is that people think that when they're launching product that they need to have full collections. Right. right. So it's like, I can't just have a quote unquote launch or a product drop that's, you know, um, a variation of something, it needs to be a whole new group of a whole bunch of new things um, because that's going to make me relevant to my customer. They feel like their customer, you know, that I already talked about that already, you know? And so they feel like, oh, I need a whole new collection. So it feels exciting and new. And my customers already know that I have this other thing and I'm done talking about that. So, you know, there's lots of businesses that have started around one product, right? Little Labels being an example of one um, and still is. Our bread Little and Labels butter is, yeah. is Mina's company if, you, if you're new here. Right. Little Labels, we sell waterproof labels for school, daycare, camp, you know, basically the home, everything, right? They're just waterproof labels that you can write on and you seal it yourself. Now, we only realistically started with one. Um, we started with our seal and stick, which is our waterproof labels. And we added on clothing labels later on. It was not until a year later that we did that, right? And so that is an example of two products, basically two SKUs. And now we have variations of those different designs. We have different colors and different combinations of those two. So different packet packs, basically. Could Mina have gone and created water bottles that mm-hmm. have people's custom names on them? Could she have created lunch boxes that had uh-huh. names written on them because she's talking about her labels, label products you send your kids to school that ultimately like feed them, right? Feeding yeah. containers. So she could have done all these things. She could have yeah. done... You know, one that I always go back and forth on hmm. is, so our clothing labels are no iron. They're no iron, right? You just stick them on, you make sure they're pressed on there. But the other thing that I've always thought about is iron on labels and um, because it's the same category, but you iron them on. And then I, but then I'm like, you know, our whole core of what our product is, is that it's super easy. Now I haven't even, I don't even know where my iron is. (laughs) I kid you not, that is a true story. 
I mean, it's probably been years since I've ironed something, right. you know, so it doesn't quite fit into at least right now what my life looks like. So that's on maybe the shelf, but that's an example of somewhere, something that I thought, oh, this could actually be aligned with the business. I could add a whole nother skew on, but do I need to do it right now? No, I do not. Right. And the question would be, but why? Right. And so mm-hmm. she's, so Mina could make labels for every mom. She could also do those labels. There's labels out there where you can customize them before you don't hand write them on. Mm-hmm. Right. I own all of the labels and I write them on with Sharpies or pens and then I, you know, seal and stick them. Um, but there are other companies out there that you could put your kid's name and then it will print it for you and send you a whole pack of them printed. That's one mom. That's one customer. That's not per se, the, the little labels customer. Can she capture some of them? Sure. But it's for the mom that doesn't know where her iron is and pulls the closest marker or pen out that they have and writes the name on it, puts it on the product because they need to send their, their kid to school with a new lunchbox. And it's quick and easy, right? And that's mm-hmm. always been the that's always been the realm of your business. So yeah. I, if you all could see this, she could hit more customers' needs. She can come up with more things, but she's being, she's known for, what's your two words? Oh, cute and convenient. Right. Convenience, mm-hmm. easy, simple, yeah. and they are all cute. So she's doing that and it's like, okay, let me just go back to my word. So I hope you all can kind of see that and think about it that, yeah, Mina could meet, she could try and meet everyone's needs, but what is she known for? And this is what she's known for. Super simple, quick, easy, stick, right on, move on. Right. And then we go into kind of these other examples of the people that have been on the podcast, actually, you know, one of them being, um, you, this actually hasn't aired yet, but Angie Lee and Mike Lee, they'll be on here for um, Soul CBD. They have gummies and they have tinctures of CBD. And their whole thing is that they have those core products and they never stray away from there. And then in the podcast episode, so this is kind of a sneak peek for all of you listening right now is that Mike actually mentions Goalie apple cider vinegar gummies. If you've been on the internet anytime lately, you have heard of these apple cider vinegar gummies. All the celebrities are eating it. It's from Goalie. They have one skew. I think that they only have one flavor. And they have built a multi-million dollar, maybe even billion dollar business from it. You know, So it's crazy when you think about how quickly you can scale when you focus hard on something. And if it's something that people want, there's just a major audience there that you could really become crystal clear on. Yeah. Even it cosmetics, you heard Jamie Kern Lima on the show. Um, She, you know, has the book, believe it when she started, you know, back in 2008 and she, she started it cosmetics. She started it with her bye-bye under eye anti-aging concealer, right? She launched with that product. Why? Because she saw that there was a need in the market. She has rosacea and she couldn't find a product that was going to cover her skin. Right. So when we look at bigger companies, I'm sure a lot of you look at bigger companies, you look at other companies in the same market category as yourself. And you're like it cosmetics, they're in all of the, you know, beauty supply places and they have all kinds of makeups or makeups. Is that a word? Cos- cosmetics <laughs> and skincare. And you're going to look at it and you're like, this is a huge business. If I want to launch a cosmetic line or a skincare line, I need to come out with everything. But in fact, if you look at the origin stories of these big businesses, they typically start small. They typically are known for something. They work on something and they they build off of something that catches fire, right? It's like, this thing is the thing that they're known for. And so we saw that, you know, we see that with, um, 
It Cosmetics, for example. Mm-hmm. And Wander Beauty, right? Because they were on the, uh, she was on the podcast too. Um, and they started with- The On the Glow Stick. Yeah, On the Glow Stick, which they they created for traveling customers, right? Women that were on the go, that were busy, that had busy schedules and that needed something for, you know, face, skin, eyes, lips. And they were able to just, I mean, she even said knees and arms and everything, right? The whole entire body. And that was really what they were known for was that on the glow stick that was able to like kind of brighten your skin up and really be used for whatever you wanted it to be. And they started there and they grew really big because of it. Even Susie Weiss-Fishman, the co-founder of OPI, that's an episode from a few years back. And we're mentioning these businesses and I know they're in cosmetics, but they have multi-million to billion dollar deals, right? These these companies are are gigantic and we want to show you how it was created. So Susie speaks about with OPI Nail Polish, they started with um this three-part nail hardening system. I think it was I think it was like acrylics. It was to make acrylics, right? And they were one of the first people that that helped you create acrylics from this base product and she went to um different nail salons and only sold that. They didn't come out with their nail lacquers for a while. They were first known for this one acrylic product that they created and people would start coming in and asking for the OPI version of this. And then they were like, oh, well, if people are coming into nail salons asking for this, what would be the next market category we could jump into? And that's when they jumped into, as they call it, nail lacquers or nail polish. And that's how they expanded into there. They have way more things now, but that was mm. that was the jump. So you all look at that and you're like, well, she came out with nail polish. So if I'm having a nail polish brand, I need to have all the colors, all the things I need to have cuticle oils and everything. But, but to be known for something is when people can know you by name and come and request it. That's when you can keep selling them more, right? You've got that you've created value for them. There's, they understand the brand, they know what they want and they know, like, and trust you. They know, love and trust you. And that's when they're willing to buy more things from you in more categories. Yeah. In that episode, remember she talked about the big debacle over lipstick. Mm-hmm. They oh, tried yeah. to come out with lipstick. And what happened was that since it was a new process, they had never done lipsticks. They wanted to come out with lipsticks because they felt their customers needed it and wanted it because they were, you know, doing their nails like they had gotten their nails. They loved color. So they were like, oh, might as well match lipstick to your nail color. Right. And then what happened was that all the lipstick melted and it became like really oily. She goes into it in the episode, but they ended up losing millions of dollars because of that lipstick debacle. And it's such an interesting story because we think that we want to do it. And it feels like the right move, but really she made billions of dollars just based off of nail lacquer and nail acrylic. I am not quite sure what exactly the system was now that I'm, I don't actually get my nails done. That is definitely Jacqueline's um, thing that she loves. It's been so long since I've got my nails done, but (laughs) go back to the episode and listen. And then if we Uh want to, if you're like, well, ladies, thanks. These are all cosmetics. Let's take it. But cosmetics have a ton of skews. Right. Yeah, they you do. can do a lot of things with cosmetics, um, but let's take it out of there. Let's go into apparel and accessories and think about away luggage. A few years back when away luggage was launched, it was the idea of having a piece of luggage that had a battery pack in it that you could mm-hmm. charge your devices. Right. Cause we all remember back in the day when we used to travel back in God knows what year it was, but you know, you people plug in at those ports, like at the airport, you're always yeah. running out of a battery. So that's what they did. Right. They, they launched with that luggage. Do you think they launched with 100 million colors? This is like a true number. No, do you think they <laughs> launched with like 10 colors and different sizes of luggage? No, they launched with 
a roll-on luggage size, right? I think they launched mm-hmm. maybe one or two sizes a roll-on because they knew these were millennials on the go. They had their devices. They typically checked their luggage in and they launched with a few core colors. Yeah. And then they be, were known for that. They became known for something. And that's why if you go and look at their site now, they have multiple different variations of sizes, colors, even materials and fabrics. They're still doing luggage. They haven't yeah. jumped into like wearable clothing that has technology in it. Yeah, they just changed the sizing, luggage. you know, because mm-hmm. now they have like the mini and they have certain color drops, but they certainly have not swayed away from travel and luggage, even in the time of 2020. If anything, it's more like travel locally, you know, like kind of like the staycation, if anything. Um, so, which I love this segue because, you know, let's talk a little bit about apparel and accessories because apparel and accessories, you do have to have a certain amount of a collection, but what does that mean? Right. Does that mean everything for everybody? Or does that mean, you know, something that you are known for? Right. So I've launched thousands of lines right now, like, uh, you know, in the last 14 years of apparel accessories. So I'm going to tell you straight up, if you have hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, you can do more with it. If you are under a hundred thousand dollars in, in your investments and you want to start a clothing line, the best possible thing you can do is to really niche down on what you're offering. Um, and this could even be for those of you that are out there and you've been in business for years, I guarantee that, you know, certain styles that they come back and buy from you all the time. So when I've helped people start, you know, bathing suit lines, for example, People will come in. I want to do bikinis and one pieces and tankinis and whatever they want to do. And I also want to do cover-ups. I want to do skirts and shorts and and all sorts of cover-ups. Sunglasses. Yeah. And then I want to do <laughs> beach bags and I want to do towels because I want to give that person everything under my brand for the pool or the beach or their whatever cruise they're going on. But that's not that's not how you get out there. Why? Let me tell you why. One of the reasons is, is if you do decide to sell wholesale, any products that you're all selling, if you sell wholesale, there are different buyers for every market category. So let's just go back to the bathing suit line. She starts with wanting to do bathing suits, but then she wants to sell beach bags and she also wants to sell towels and she wants to do, I don't know, some like cute dresses. All of those are different buyers. So if she came out with bathing suits and she had beautiful bathing suits that fit a certain body in a certain way with prints and all that, then she'd go to market with it and cover-ups are okay. You can have a couple cover-ups. That's, that's okay because they are sometimes bought together. Like they're worn together. Then you can go and you can find the buyer for swimwear at stores, boutiques, and all that and pitch that. But if you then say to them, but I also have these beach bags, they're going to be like, well, I don't buy bags. So you're going to have to find the buyer for that. And then you're going to have to create a whole other relationship with a whole other buyer to do that. So I talk about that and from the wholesale perspective, but it's the same with the, the retail perspective. And we could talk about all the reasons why you should stay focused. So using this bathing suit example, let's, let's talk about it. One, it's yeah. costly. So costly, right? Different processes, different materials, materials. Yeah, different sourcing. Um, another good example is Pura Vida, right? Pura Vida, when they first started, and we'll you'll hear the episode of Jared Mayer, but he said the same thing, right? It was really costly for them. They started off with these um, bracelets; they were like thread bracelets, and then they tried to do because it made sense, accessories and apparel that they tried to do bikinis, like what Jacqueline was talking about. Because all the girls that were wearing the bracelets were also wearing bikinis. So like, we might as well get them bikinis as well. Right. It was like a wanderlust life. Right. And, and then, so they started doing that. They ended up having to eliminate that entire category because they tried to jump categories. Now, even in accessories and apparel, that's, that's a big jump going from a, a thread bracelet to bikinis, right? String bikinis or whatever. So what ended up happening is that they 
eliminated that apparel from their line. And now they do sell every type of bracelet and they sell rings and things like that too. But there was a progression. There was a progression to that. And so it is super costly when you think about different processes, different machinery, different buttons, who knows, right? Different Different, knowledge. Yeah. Different, different packaging, different production facilities. Like you could go source bracelets somewhere, but do you know how to fit and design and manufacture a bathing suit? It's a totally different thing. And so think about how costly that was for them to probably hire designers and to get, you know, go through sampling and photo shoots and then production because at the level of business that they're at. So think about that, right? When you're all thinking about your business and, and wherever, whatever you make, and you're like, oh, I want to do this and that, right? How much is it going to cost you to go figure out how to do that and to go find the materials and to source again and then to produce it? It's it's costly. And mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, well, I'm the maker. I do it all. I can just do it all. Sure, you can. But it's also costly if you were paying yourself per hour to mm-hmm. switch your brain. Time and money, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like if you had one thing, one process, one particular type of um, product that you were working, I'm going to go back to the candle maker. You've got your jars, you know, your candle pouring process, you've got all that. You've, you've really honed in that process. All of a sudden you're making room sprays. You're going to need to find more uh, bottles for them. You're going to have to figure out what, you know, what the base of the liquid is and the shipping procedures, right? Who knows how to storage. Yeah. Like send out an aerosol can. Yeah. Or like, how do you wrap up the top so it doesn't leak in the box? So there's so Mm -hmm. many things that's costly. The the other thing that you want to think about and reasons why you should stay focused is that you're never going to gain momentum. If you're not known for something, how do you, how does your business grow from that? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's because you're reinforcing usually what you're known for. And so you gain the most momentum. We've seen it in, you know, Anne of Yearly Co. who sells bangles. People who gain momentum keep momentum. They just keep rolling faster and faster. That snowball that Jacqueline and I always talk about because they're steadfast in their course. You know, they they pick up people along the way. They are very clear with their messaging. They gain momentum in a compound way compared to someone who pivots often in their category, right? So they haven't gained enough clarity or gained enough, you know, just that reinforcement of that message that comes with momentum and making it crystal clear on what people can buy from you. Yeah. So we talk about Anne with the bangles. We can talk about Susan Gordon Pottery. So Susan Gordon Pottery, she's known for her wavy bowls. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Susan was known for her wavy bowls and she created these wavy bowls and she sold them. And then she got her designer hat on and she's like, you know what? I'm over wavy bowls. I now want to make, I don't know, flat, modern looking bowls that look completely different than anything I've ever done because her Mm -hmm. design and creative spirit has taken over. And she's like, oh, now my mood is this. She's why she does so well is that she is known for her aesthetic right? She's known for her, um, the look, the way that like the, the, the pigments show up, like the color, the watercolor, you feel like the femininity of it mm-hmm. and the organic movement of this, of the nature of these bowls. If she all of a sudden switched it and did something, then she would lose that momentum. The pe- people wouldn't, cause what's happening now for both yearly co and Susan, for example, is that people are collecting 
these mm-hmm. pieces. Mina and I have four bangles of Yearly Co. People stop me and are like, oh, I love those because I've got four now, right? It's been year over mm-hmm. year collections. So not only that, I'm going to keep buying more because I know I can come back to her for it. And then I have enough of it that someone's going to ask me about it. Same with Susan Gordon. Mina and I have multiple of her of her pottery in our house. If in a time when things are open again and people walk into our homes, like that's such a beautiful bowl. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's Susan Gordon pottery and you too can go there and find another wavy bowl and buy one as well. Right. And we're not saying that you can't, you know, be creative and have that muse and everything like that. You will need to add to your collection. But the whole thing is that when you have momentum, you're leaning into it to get to a certain point. So I will tell you that both Anne and and Susan, they have more creative, you know, ability and freedom right now because they've gotten to a certain point. Right. And so the thing is, we want you to get to a certain point of momentum before you decide to kind of shift gears completely because you need to gain that momentum in the first place in order for it to compound in a sense, like what I had said before. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So then another thing to consider, right. And why we believe that you should be known for something is confusion and messaging. People really, this one is a a struggle for people because they don't like to say the same message over and over. (laughs) You don't, we don't. Right. It's hard. The whole group of us, us speaking, you listening, we're all creatives. That's why you're here. Yeah. We get bored really easily. We're creative. We want to move on. We want to create something new. There's always something else. We're like, oh, this is exciting. This is inspiring. Let's talk about it. But you need to have some core messaging. So people you're reinforcing. We've talked about this before, but just because you said it once, don't assume that everybody has heard it. Mina and I can tell you all like bestseller secrets challenges starting on, you know, this date. And, and then we're still going to get emails of like, I had no idea mm-hmm. that bestseller secrets challenge was starting. We've sent you emails. We've talked about it on the podcast. We put it on Instagram. Yeah. So you, so you have to be really clear on that. Your, your messaging is happening and, and that it's specific and it's not confusing. So if you're known for something and you can keep talking about it, it reinforces it. People don't yeah. have you in their brain all day. So they, even if but, they hear it once, it doesn't stick, Yeah, you know? So, I mean, even if they hear it a hundred times, it doesn't stick. By the way, everybody, Bestseller Secrets Challenge is the day after Mother's Day. And um, so that's May 11th. So sign up, right? So what did I just do right there? I made sure to say it again because we are known for our challenges. They're super fun. People, thousands of people sign up. Uh, We help thousands of business really get clear on exactly what we're talking about here today. And it's part of our core messaging sign up for this challenge, you know, here's the date. I kind of use an anchor point there day after Mother's Day, for example, so people can visually understand what that is. So when Jacqueline is talking about, oh, okay, what are you being known for? You really have to reemphasize that all the time. What is your, you know, she asked me what my two words were and I said cute and convenient, right? So what are, what are you known for, right? Are you a candle company that's hand poured in Pennsylvania? Are you a clean skincare company that specializes in uh, regimens for busy moms? I don't know, right? What is that that you can really, in a nutshell, really cut through all the clutter and have as your messaging? Yeah. So for example, Callan, Stephanie, she's been on the podcast. She's known for comfy bras and underwear. Callan is, you know, you can buy it on high Amazon. Quality, high quality. Super affordable. 
lots of colors and that's what she's known for. And so she's going to talk about it and she's going to message about it. She's going to show you the colors. She's going to show you, you know, women of all body sizes wearing it and the comfiness of it. If we think about Trisha Robinson art, these are, we're talking about some of our masterminders here. So Trisha Robinson art, what is she known for? She's known for beautiful drawings of, you know, girls, super colorful, lots of color. She, um, has, you know, um, it's, it's got some faith religious, based. Con- yeah, it's mm-hmm. faith-based, religious context, and people know what they're going for. If she yeah. all of a sudden did like a goth girl, like, you know, <laughs> it, it would not fit. I can't black even. Black and white. Yeah. Like rocker. Like it's not yeah. aligned with her, her brand. Right. So that messaging is really clear. I mean, and I can speak to it. Um, if we think about Glass Ladder, um, Megan has also been on the podcast. Glass Ladder has an accessories line, a bag line, ultimately for working women, for women who want to break their own glass ceilings, right? So if you think about glass ladder and it's vegan, so vegan products, beautiful colors, stylish, Mm -hmm. but also you can fit your iPad, your computer. They're like great on the go bags. So her messaging can stay really clear. She's not also right now trying to talk to um, moms, with diaper bags. That's not her mm-hmm. messaging right now. Um, mm-hmm. She's she's not, you know, going for guys. She's not trying to tell guys to buy this. She's not even coming out with men's luggage. She's staying very clear to the women, the age range, the colors that they want. And so how, why, how does this help? And the materials, if, right? Vegan materials. leather. She knows yeah. that through and through. Right. So she's able to save on her costs because she's able to repeat, right? She's able to gain momentum because the people who are buying will keep buying and she will also gain new customers. And her messaging is really clear. She can keep talking about it. And we've seen it. We've been working with her. We see this momentum behind her. So these are these are just reasons why we want to just bring this up for you, why we want you to be known for something, why it's important to kind of figure out your bestseller and lean into your bestseller and that you can as we've given you all of these examples, these are all million dollar to billion dollar brands that we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Side note. And, and we know how they started. And we wanted to share these secrets with you because that's what we know. We know and we've seen and 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 it's simple. So I hope that this was a, a helpful episode for you to wrap your head around it. Again, we have a free five-day challenge. It's the Bestseller Secrets Challenge. It's starting on May 11th, the day after Mother's Day. It's free. It's five days. Um, We're going to go live once a day and answer your questions. You get a training delivered to your inbox. The community is there. So if you're feeling like, this is great, ladies, but I need some more help figuring it out. Yeah. The how. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just us going over it every day. Show up live if you can. We've seen people who haven't showed up live. You get everything in your inbox and we've seen people who do show up live. The ones that do show up live, I will tell you, get the most impact for free on their businesses because they work in tandem with us, right? They're able to get excited. They meet new people. They learn about developing their business as well as what leaning to your bestseller really means and how simple that can be in action right? The action that's taken. So I really encourage everybody to show up live with us. If you can't, then all the recordings get sent to your inbox. Yeah. So if you sign up now, you might end up on the wait list if the doors are not open yet. If you listen to this in the future, the doors might be open. If it's even more in the future, you might be on the wait list again, but just stick with us because you've got these really super helpful challenges they are totally free. They're, they're five days and you get so much done. There are so many aha moments um, in that week together, so many breakthroughs, so many game changers for your business. Mm -hmm. And so we hope to help you do this now and in the future. So thanks for listening to us today. Thanks everybody. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the product boss podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? 
Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. This episode is brought to you by the shop one in five pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the shop one in five pledge, and we're inviting you to take the pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most, because the truth is your purchasing power matters now more than ever. We're inviting you to take the pledge. If you head to shop one in five.com, the link is in the show notes. And when you get there, please make sure to share the pledge with your friends, your family, and your customers. Let's invite everyone to take the shop one in five pledge so that we can all use our purchasing power to change lives.